0: To a world where everyone and their sister has a podcast comes another one. Join us weekly as we explore the dark back alleys of irreverence and the spider infested corners of nerd kind. This is the Irreverent Nerd Podcast.
1: Salutations, my fellow nerds. So, it is 9.57pm on Tuesday night. And this is day 5 of quarantine for myself and my family. It hasn't gone as bad as it could. (laughs) Uh, The kids have certainly gotten a little stir-crazy. Myself and my wife have gotten a bit stir-crazy. Uh, We did have a bit of an adventure today. Uh, Our minivan broke down and started doing some crazy shit. Uh, Like, literally, like, when we had turned it off, my wife had turned it off, and when I got there to help and we turned it back on, like, every warning light came on, and quite a few of them stayed on. You know how, like, sometimes they all flash on, but, you know, it's like, check engine light, check this, check that, and it wouldn't start battery wasn't dead. It had some power, but yeah, the thing was not wanting to turn over and ignite whatever needed to be ignited. Um, so yeah, we had to just a a nice AAA adventure. And then when the truck got there, apparently it had not been communicated with the driver that we had COVID and AAA has a policy that if you have had COVID and you've been in your car, apparently they have to wait 14 days before they can pick it up with um, the flatbed tow truck because he has to enter the vehicle at least somewhat in order to get it set up. And he's not allowed to do that if anyone who's had COVID has been in the vehicle um, within 14 days of that point. So he had to call another type of tow truck that can just, like, grab it from the back wheels, and take it without having to enter the vehicle. And uh, it should now be over at our mechanics, finally. So yeah, that was our COVID adventure for the day. i hoping to get back to work, maybe Thursday, Friday. My work has fairly relaxed rules. It's kind of like if I feel up to coming back in, I just need to wear a mask for the first five days, so I'm probably going to get like a K95 or something like that just to be on the safe side. You know, it's it's been a mild case for the most part. You know, symptoms not any worse than your common flu or cold virus, but you know, I don't wish that on anybody, not to mention the quarantine that you have to go through, which sucks, but uh, I have been working from home. Uh, This is the most I've worked from home. Dang, maybe ever actually. Uh, I've only recently transitioned into a role that allows me to work from home on a daily basis. Uh, I'm involved in purchasing in my current job, you know, connected to supply chain. So I've taken on the the bulk of the purchasing responsibilities uh, as well as sourcing um, for my company, which manufactures industrial fans. And I'm not going to go into more detail than that, but but yeah, we, we do some pretty cool stuff. And I really enjoy working there, it's a wonderful company to work. In other news, Spotify went down today. So I found this out, like as I was working from home, like I I usually will put something soothing or some, you know, some kind of music, white noise, etc. One of my favorites is Binaural Beats. Um, There's different Binaural Beats albums on Apple Music that I'll check out from time to time. Uh, but today I was on listening to Lo-Fi Hip-Hop on YouTube. I think it's the, was it the Lo-Fi Girl? Something like that. I forget what her channel name is. She's also on Spotify. And it's like this animation. It's, it's really cool. It's like anime style, you know, Japanese anime style animation that's on a loop, you know. And it's just very comforting, you know, this Lo-Fi Hip-Hop. Any of you it, you know, it's like very relaxing and it helps you kind of get in the flow mentally. Uh, But on the chat, there was a live chat going on and people were saying, Spotify went down, like Russia took down their servers. Um, Don't quote me on that, I have not verified it. I did look up on the news, Uh, I saw some information on cyber warfare, but nothing specific about Russia, the country, for some reason, attacking Spotify's servers. (laughs) Obviously, I'm, I'm sure Spotify probably gets hosted on... Someone else's servers like Amazon or someone like that. I don't know for sure. But I just thought that was interesting. And, and I listen to Spotify a lot. And obviously this podcast is going to go up on both Spotify and Apple Podcasts. In fact, um, check check us out on Apple Podcasts. It just got added, uh, I think, a few days ago. Got up on there. Uh, those are the only two platforms I'm on currently, unless you also count Anchor, which I don't know if too many people listen to podcasts on Anchor. Most people probably just use it. To create them, although I don't know actually, um, I could be wrong about that. Um, apparently, mine has been getting some listens on Anchor, uh, but I think the majority of my audience, I mean, such as the such as you are at this point, comes from Spotify. So uh, that's it for the news of the day, uh, both in my life and in the world around us. So we are going to move on to the next segment. Welcome to segment number two, where I will be reviewing a Batman the Animated Series episode. So, this is an episode from season one. Hold on, let me make sure I get the intro correctly. It's called, If You're So Smart, Why Aren't You Rich? And... I really love the way the Riddler is portrayed in Batman the Animated Series. And I just looked up the credits because I wasn't sure who the voice actor was. Um, It's always been my favorite Riddler up to this point. I have not seen Paul Dano's performance yet, as I told you last week. I will be seeing that hopefully Thursday night. Um, We'll see how that goes. But up to this point... My favorite is from the animated series, and I just found out that John Glover, yes, THE John Glover, did the voice of the Riddler, at least in this episode, and I think in all of them, because I believe the voice stays consistent, at least through the first three seasons of the animated series. I'm like, I just found that out, like, literally, like, 30 seconds ago, and I, or well, technically, 90 seconds ago. Anyway, I was excited. <laughs> John Glover, obviously... Any of you who love DC Comics and were of age, when Smallville came out, know who John Glover is. He played Lex Luthor's father in Smallville, which he was one of the highlights, frankly, of that, as was Michael Rosenbaum, Baum, I guess, technically, who played his son, Lex. Uh, I enjoyed that series when it came out. Uh, I still have yet to see all episodes. It has ten seasons. Come on, give me a break. Um, I have seen almost all of the X-Files. My wife and I have been watching that. And I will do an episode on that. If I can convince her to join me, that'll be a fun joint episode where we'll talk about our experience watching all 11 fucking seasons of the X-Files. But anyway, back to Batman the Animated Series. So so in this episode, we get introduced to Edward Nigma. So you come into the episode, and you see the place where he works, Competitron. <laughs> and like in in big letters underneath the name of the company right out there on the front of the building is Riddle of the Minotaur it's apparently a computer game that was a massive hit for Competitron and Edward Nibma was the designer of said game and it involves a maze, no surprise there but in addition to the maze you have to solve riddles uh, we find out this out a little bit later when Robin is playing it in the Batcave on a $50 million computer, as Alfred observes. Like, Must Bruce. Do you really believe that's the best use of a $50 million computer? <laughs>
0: he's like, But it's great, Alfred! Uh,
1: anyway, so Edward Nimber is the designer, but he has a nasty boss. I don't know if this guy is supposed to be a CEO or CFO. It, they don't really bother to tell you, just he's someone who's above Edward Nigma, in the company. And he and, I'm assuming, other assorted board members, etc., have decided to screw Edward Nigma out of his royalties. Edward Nigma is apparently suing the company for royalties because they have been failing to pay him, even though he was the designer. They have decided that they are laying claim to his IP, if you will, which there's a lot of legal ins and outs to that when you're producing something for a company, but they fire him in in order to avoid paying him royalties. So, fast forward two years. Edward Nygma has been plotting his revenge against Competitron, and we go to a scene in a boardroom in downtown Gotham. Bruce Wayne is there looking bored, uh, he yawns at one point, which I think happened fairly often in the animated series. Uh, I believe this was carried on even into, uh, Chris Nolan's, he gave a little nod, I don't know if it's to the animated series, but just Bruce Wayne, like, tired, obviously, because of his nightly activities, but to others, looks bored. But then he, he, like, wakes up towards the end there, like, and apparently he's trying to work a deal, um, to get Competitron to move, to or to at least to open a plant, in Gotham to bring jobs into town. So that's going down. While that's going down across the street. On like a New York style. Marquee I guess. I don't know if that's the right word. Is the Riddler's first riddle. That we see. And he asks. Mockinridge, I believe that's the guy's name. Why do multi-million dollar deals. Break down in the wasteland. And the wasteland is a clue. both That ties both to the Riddle of the Minotaur game, but also to a club, apparently, that Muckenridge owns there in Gotham. So, he gets abducted from his own club, later by Enigma. Batman and Robin figure, or I should say Batman, figures out the clue. So, they break, they bust through a stained glass window, which is in the roof for some reason, (laughs) of this club called Wasteland. And, They're (laughs) they're not successful in in well in rescuing I should say Meckinridge from the Riddler and his henchmen uh, who are much bigger than him um, normal Batman you know bulky massive you know ridiculously large henchmen anyway they are unsuccessful because uh, the Riddler Shoots something out of the end of his umbrella, which turns into a giant Chinese. Oh, what do you call it? Finger cuff? Finger. What do you call those things? You know those really annoying things you stick your thumbs in both ends and you pull apart, and it's like finger cuffs? I can't think of the name, but. Anyway, so Robin gets stuck in that, and then it catches on fire as they're going out. And, like, Batman's, like, carrying Robin on his shoulder, and Robin's like, it's getting hot in here, get me out of here, it's just hilarious, um, so, anyway, so, uh, Riddler, you know, absconds with Meckinridge as, I don't think he was originally intended to be bait, and, like, Batman and Robin were not necessarily in, in the cards, although Riddler, was not surprised to see them. You know, he's very suave and and not rattled at all by their presence. Because he knows what he's got in store at an amusement park, which apparently he's been preparing for two years. (laughs) This guy's put a lot of work into his revenge plot. He's built, well, or adapted an entire maze there and made it basically into a life-size version of his game, Riddle of the Minotaur, complete with flame-throwing dragons, etc. And, of course, Batman and Robin get there, and they have to go through the maze. And uh, I was re-watching this earlier today. Obviously, I've seen this episode probably several times over the years, but I was re-watching it. I I didn't quite get through all of it earlier today. Ran out of time. But, you know, I remember. I mean, obviously, they in the end, they rescue Mock and Reg. You know, they solve Enigma's... Riddles, you know, that along the way and make their way to the center of the maze and, you know, save the day, etc. Uh, but there, there was a funny little moment here I wanted to highlight. Where, like, the riddler up to this point has used several puns already. And, uh, you know, he's intelligent and he likes wordplay, word puns, riddles, obviously. And, uh, oh... Before I get to that, actually, um, I want to read for you here. I wrote down Riddler's, at least in the animated series, Riddler's first words to the Batman. Bat-something, isn't it? You know what happens to gate crashers, don't you? They have to match wits with the Riddler. So, if I remember, uh, I will compare those first words to Paul Dano's first words later. Um, I have a feeling his will probably be more interesting. But man, I I still I still love me. Apparently, John Glover, um, which who's the man? You know, I loved him in Smallville. No surprise when I found out he did the voice. I was like, of course. You know, I'm surprised I didn't catch it, because um, he has a dis- pretty distinctive voice. But anyway, so we find out that Batman already knows. He, he's already figured out that Enigma is the Riddler. Which I mean. He just has a tiny little eye mask, so it's not that hard. But, you know, he already knew before he got there, you know, because he's Batman. And I have a little side note here. Like, as I was watching it up to this point, I was like, the music, the music is so great in the animated series, right? And, oh. And when you know it, I cannot think of her name right. Dang it. Deborah Something? that's going to bother me. I'm going to have to look it up and add it to the show notes later. But the composer, they made, like, I've watched special features and interviews, obviously, with, like, Paul Dini and the other creative forces behind the animated series. Um, I used to have a DVD set. I forget what happened to it. Uh, I currently have season, or volume two, um, the entire volume on my Apple account. But... The, the choice to use a live orchestra for a cartoon was awesome. Like, just an awesome choice. Walker? Is that her last name? Ah, my brain is pulling out Deborah Winger, which I know is not right, because she's an actress that was in, like, Officer and a Gentleman and, and stuff like that. Um, something Walker? Anyway... Oh, I'll look it up later. But the composer, Shirley Walker. That's it. Shirley Walker. That's it. Got it. I knew it was in there somewhere. She does such an amazing job. Like, I could just listen to the music, honestly. I don't know that there's very many cartoons I could say that about, let alone TV shows, for that matter. Um, but yeah, she just such an amazing job building off of what Danny Elfman did in Batman and Batman Returns. But she made it her own. She took it and made it her own for this. And voice casting for the anime series, need I say, more than Andrea Romano, the all-star voice caster and voice director for, like, virtually every DC Comics animated series made in the 90s and the 2000s, and, and basically every animated movie DC has made since then. She is the woman. Yes. Um, amazing job casting. I mean, the anime series is just so good. Obviously, I've already talked about Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill. But yeah, just to Bob Hoskins as Commissioner Gordon. And just, um, I cannot, Barbara something, the the woman who plays Catwoman's voice. I believe her first name is Barbara, ironically. Um, But I just saw her in Fringe, too. She's in Fringe. Ah, I cannot think of her name. I will. All right. I'm gonna have to look this up next time I talk to the anime series. I need to know these names. Pat. Anyway, love the voice acting. So. Okay. <laughs> anyway, music is great. Uh, obviously, the the aesthetics as well. The choice that they made. I don't. For those of you who don't know this, this is such a cool idea. They decided, you know, it was an animation. Like, I think back then, like you know, they're not doing it on a computer. They're literally like, like. Drawing and inking, coloring on actual, you know, animation cells, you know, um, paper and such. Um, but they made the decision to do it on black backgrounds, like all the coloring on black backgrounds. So, like, the entire series has this really dark tone, which is perfect for Batman. Uh, brilliant stroke, that. So, enough about production design for Batman, and this is turning out to be a long segment, so this may actually end up being the episode, which I'm okay with that, because it's pretty damn cool. Anyway, so, another note I have here is, Batman had a knife? <laughs> like, the, the Chinese finger torture thing, whatever, <laughs> that Robin gets stuck like at like, Batman pulls out a knife first. First, maybe only time I've ever seen him pull out a knife out of his utility belt. <laughs> He's about to cut Robin out of it. Um But anyway, oh here's something. Here's here's a little Easter egg. So as as Batman and Robin are talking about the riddler's name, Edward Nigma, they they figure out that if you just take the letter of his first name and his last name it's Enigma or Enigma puzzle or riddle which makes me wonder wait was is edward enigma his real name did, did he change his first name just so it would be enigma is that his middle name he just went by edward did he did he completely fabricate his name i wonder so i'm gonna have to look that up find that out trivia challenge so <laughs> um So the next riddle that the Riddler asks is, when is the Minotaur's owner as high as an elephant's eye? And, uh, okay, that's not really important. Uh, what's more important is, and this is what I was thinking of earlier, um, had several notes in between, but another pun comes out, and Batman's like, this one is losers ahead. And then right after Riddler says that line, but like a couple of like, no joke like Russian style scythes like come out of the wall right at head level, and Batman and Robin have to duck so they don't get decapitated. <laughs> and Batman's like, "Losers ahead." I don't know what's worse, the traps or the puns. <laughs> uh, uh, see, see, this is one of the reasons why I love. Kevin Conroy's performance as Batman, and and obviously the writing for the animated series, he has a sense of humor. Like uh, Nolan and, and Bale pull that off a little bit at times, um, but but tonally, obviously, it's a little easier to do that on on a kids animation show. But they but they pull it off, and I, and I love it. Like he he walks that line. Like he, both as Bruce Wayne and Batman, he, he manages to to have that wry humor and yet somehow it, it doesn't it doesn't take away from the gravitas of Batman and, and uh, in my opinion Kevin Conway pulled that off in a way that no one has yet. Again, I have not I, I doubt that there's gonna be much humor in the Batman. I haven't seen it yet. Those of you who have, don't tell me anything, please. Um I don't want it any more spoil <laughs> <But> anyway <laughs> I doubt there's going to be much humor. That might be you know, might surprise me. Maybe a little bit of interplay between him and Alfred. We'll see. But nobody's quite pulled that off. Uh, ben Affleck did a little bit, and uh, he, I actually liked Batfleck. Believe it or not, I didn't know that I would, but I did. I, I found myself enjoying Batfleck. <laughs> um, yeah, older Batman. I, th- I, th- I thought he pulled it off. I thought he did a good job. Anyway, that's a side note. So. I've gone long on this segment, obviously, but that's okay. Like I said, 15 to 30 minutes is my range. So, I'm going to do my final segment and then my closing and get out of here. See ya. So, each week, I'm going to grace you... Gift you with a celebrity impression. I've always loved doing celebrity impressions uh, or just impressions, like not didn't necessarily have to be a celebrity, but just impressions. Um, the very first one I remember doing was an uh, Irish accent, as I found out at age eight that I was uh, at least in part of Irish descent, or that I very likely had some Irish blood in me. So very, my first memory of doing any kind of vocal impression of either an accent or, or a real character otherwise was saying this to my third grade classmates. Top of the morning to ya. Top of the morning to ya. Something along those lines, you know. Or like,
0: oh, where's me lucky charms?
1: You know, stuff like that. <laughs> I can do a little better when I have some prep. Suffice to say, and if any of you... By the way, follow me on Instagram. I haven't mentioned that in the podcast so far. Obviously, I've mentioned the podcast on Instagram, but not vice versa. So, follow me on Instagram. It's at irreverent underscore nerd. That's at irreverent underscore nerd. Check it out. I've got content that's unique to Instagram there, including some impressions that I did. In fact, I just did a little one minute, well, 42 seconds, actually, skit of... um. If Jack Black worked in a forensics lab. So, imagine that for a second. So, uh, I just put one of those out. Um, done one of Pinky in the Brain. Uh, did one of Joker, actually. Um, Mark Hamill's Joker, of course. And uh, I did one of where Kermit the Frog interviews the Christian Bale Batman. <laughs> so, check it out, if you haven't already. Uh, and, and follow me, please. Please do. And I'll follow you back if... Uh, One exception, if you have a private account, I probably won't. But if you have a public account where you're posting content as well, I will follow you back. So, and feel free to message me on there as well. Like, if there's a way you want to contact me, you do it through Instagram. So, anyway, I've used up half of my time here, so I'm going to get right to it. Today's impression, and I think I may stick to reading things like, well, for one, There's no copyright infringement involved here. But uh, today I'm going to read some sonnets from Shakespeare, voiced by Mo Sizlak.
0: Hey, is this thing on? All right. Homa. Odyssey. No, just kidding. All right, so I'm going to read Shakespeare here. Uh, Sonnet number three. Look in the glass and tell the face thou viewest. Now is the time that face should form another. Whose fresh repair, if now, thou not renewest, Thou dost beguile the world unbless some mother? For where is she whose fair unreared womb disdains the tillage of thy husbandry? Who is she so fond will be the tool of his self-love to stop posterity? Thou art thy mother's glass, and she in thee calls back to the lovely April of her prime. So thou through windows of thine age shalt see, despite of wrinkles, this thy golden time. But if thou live remembered not to be, die single, and thine image dies with thee. Uh, So this has been uh, Moses-like reading Shakespeare's Sonnet Number 3. Tell Homer I said he needs to get his ass back in the bar. And drink some beer. So, oh yeah, I don't have to tell Barney that because he's always there. I think the man sleeps under the bar. No joke. Anyway, good night, my friends. Thank you for joining me, my dear friends, on this journey today. Join us weekly on Wetness Day when we release new episodes. Wait, who's we? When I release new episodes, there might occasionally be a we, but mostly I. Also, check me out on Instagram at Reverend Underscore Nerd. Don't forget the underscore.